With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we review the Clasico from last night's Spanish Supercopa final. We give a quick FCB Femini update, and we finish with the best awards. Before we dive into today's topics, we want to talk about our dynamic Patreon community. If you are craving more Barca content, we've got the perfect hub for you, our Patreon community. It's not just a community, it's a virtual pena where your passion for FC Barcelona finds company and conversation. For just five bucks a month, here are some of the perks. Dive into commercial free episodes of Barca Talk. It's all football, no interruption. Be part of our international WhatsApp group where the Barca chatter never ends. Get insightful post game match reports and help support the podcast. Hit that link in the show notes and join our virtual Pena. Let's get into today's episode right after this brief break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to hit the Classico humiliation last night, obviously. And joining me to talk about that is my fellow Madrid neighbor now, Pretty close. <laughs> Craig McGuff. Craig, how's it going? Get out. Very well, thank you. I mean, in relative terms, we're almost sat next to each other, aren't we? We are, um, we are. <laughs> well, yeah, life is life is good. Um, it was it was bizarre to say the least to experience my first classical, my then first classical defeat, and then the reaction to being in an office full of Madridistas to a first classical defeat in my new Spanish adventure. That was eye-opening. Uh, but apart from that, life is very, very good. Uh, how are you? Rested after your mega trip? Yeah, yeah. So was in California, and then I went to Japan. Japan was, obviously, I was telling you before, it was amazing. Uh, ate amazing food, met some great people, and it was really great uh, to – it was always on my bucket list. Never thought I would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So 
was really great. I, you know, really quick before we get into this, you know, I don't know how it felt in your office today. Maybe people were obviously happy because Madrid won and so forth. But to me, it it felt like a non or not a big deal as much, especially like in the media, especially here being in Madrid, watching the news today. Maybe because of the outcome of the match and the way Madrid handled Barcelona. I don't know. How how was the environment in your office where people just kind of like happy, but they were just kind of like, yeah, we, we knew it kind of that type of attitude. They were, they were borderline apologetic. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it was it was strange. It was almost like they wanted to offer me their condolences more yeah. than anything else, which I think, you know, the, the, the phrase un baño, I think there's never been there's never been more apt, I suppose. Well, certainly not for a long time. Um, so from the from the Madridistas, they, yeah, they were just, they were almost sheepish about just how easy it was. Um, and I was sat next to my my colleague Sergio, who's from Granada today, and I tried to engage him in the conversation, and he just said to me, "I I, I don't have words for you." <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this is bad. So yeah, a strange a strange atmosphere for sure. I certainly take your point, but yeah, they 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 just they just seem to feel sorry for me. Yeah, and and like I put in the WhatsApp group, I just didn't want to see a manita. We we at least we got that, you know, only four goals. I mean, de- you know, Madrid could have definitely scored two or three more if they really wanted to mm-hmm. last night. But you know, we've we're you know, I would say in the past four hours, just seen in our Patreon WhatsApp group, just the amount of banter that's going back. And you know, we've been talking about this. This is not just about the Classico. This is you know the last kind of two months of of form, maybe even three or four if you want to continue with that. And mm-hmm. I, you know. I'm still at a loss because I know on one end we don't have a situation where we can find an immediate replacement. Like Chavi is going to be the coach mm-hmm. for at least the next month, you know, or more, right? Uh, considering our financial burden. And my question that I always come up to is, you know, why can't Chavi get the best of these players just a little bit? Because, you know, I want to start with the defense. That's, that's what I want to start with, Craig, because, mm-hmm. you know, last year, we had one of the best defensive outputs for FC Barcelona's history. And then we have the same players essentially, and it's a complete 180. And we have a question from Victor, because you know, I put this to the Patreon community to help us guide our conversation. And he says, the irony with our defensive lapses, the same four guys last year were the best in the world, and this year the worst. Is this individual issues or is this problem higher up the pitch in the midfield, putting them in bad situations? So what do you think to that question from Victor? First, really, really quick, really quick. Yeah, really quick. I'm going to say, I mean, I don't think they're the worst in the world. It's just that there's a severe drop off from what will happen last year. I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. of course. I mean, I was going to say that a a big side doesn't make entertaining radio. So sorry about (laughs) that. But I think it's for such a for such a seemingly simple question. I think it's it's so multi-layered that I almost don't know where to start. So if this becomes a bit rambly, I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll try and break down my thoughts. Cause I think it's a, I think it's a fundamental part to where we're going wrong. I think there's a few places we need to start before we even hit the players. The first one is last year was freakish. I remember saying that at the start of the season when, you know, one of the over-unders was, will we concede more or less? And I was like, we, we simply will not concede less than we did. But I think two things can be true. One, that was a freakishly low, uh, number of goals to concede and this to be far too high. You know, I don't think it's a direct reflection of last year. I think we're poor irrespective. The other thing that that springs to mind for me before we look at the individuals is that it just feels really erratic and a bit a bit non-strategic. Um, 
and, and but I think you can start with the bench. You know, you, 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 the Victor's question mentioned higher up the pitch. I think you can even go higher up the club if you like. <laughs> I just feel like it's a microcosm of of where we are, which is, I said it. I said it to someone today at work. This to me feels like Benitez's Madrid, where they had theoretically some great names. There were yeah. some superstars in that team. They had a manager that never stopped whinging, that was from the club, that should have been a legend, and it all just fell apart a bit. And I kind of feel like that's where we are. And I think that the defence is a microcosm of that. And I think you've got a very out-of-form Balde, which I, I don't believe we need to throw him out of uh, out of the plans because of that. He's still a young kid, but he's grossly off it compared to where sure. he's been. You've got Koundé and Araujo just having this bizarre battle as to who will play where and you know neither of them doing particularly particularly well Kunde especially has been shocking this season I mean genuinely I think you could you could name him as one of our worst players Romeo will take that they'll take that tag this year but Kunde is a very lucky boy that, that Romeo's in the squad um and then you've got Christensen who who I rate a lot to be honest but he he looks a little bit lost by and I'm going to maybe be too generous to him, but he looks a little bit lost about what's going on around him. Sure. And then I don't think having Testegan out helps. So I think, I think you could argue that we don't have a single settled person that's involved in either playing in, setting up, or coaching the defense. Yeah. And it and, and you can tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, take the first goal last night. I mean, I think that is the microcosm. Yeah, yeah, the microcosm of the disjointment. Is that even a word or disjointing of the defense? Disjointedness. Yeah, yeah disjointedness. Okay, disjointedness. <laughs> where Kunde steps up, so Christensen's back. Like we don't know what's going in, you know, and what's happening. And all of a sudden, it's just a. It's like the simplest uh, through ball. Like it's not any. You know, Bellingham was good to release it. I'm, I'm not giving credit. Being double teamed there. But at the same time, it wasn't like this epic type of through ball where, like, you know, showcase Bellingham's genius in any way. And then it was just a 1v1. And, again, I, you know, with the defense, you know, I put the question here in the document, why do we continue to have such a high line? Like, what are we doing with this? I mean, to me, I, you know, maybe five years ago, six years ago, this is something that was probably, you know, not the standard in modern football yeah. yet, you know? Where now it is, and our team just can't handle that, especially in the first 20 minutes of matches. We cannot handle this high line. So, you know, from a coaching perspective, why does Chavi keep doing that? Like, we're not we're not gaining any benefits or su suffocating the other team to get turnovers that lead to transition. It's the opposite. You know, the other teams are just doing simple through balls over the top and then putting us in total risk. Yeah. In, in my opinion, I think it's complete damage limitation uh, I think it's I, I I think he's so nervous about conceding goals that he's just trying to simply move the danger away and away away sure. you know it, it's the equivalent of getting bills through your door and you just keep them piling up and you one day you'll open them and you it's not actually improving your situation it just means that when it happens it'll be worse and and I just think it's it's an encapsulation of, of where we are which is there is an idea there somewhere it's just not the right one. And even if it was the right one, it's not being transmitted well enough for it to work. And I think you can pick every area of the pitch and, and pretty much give that assessment to where we are, which is the idea isn't being given well enough to players who should be better enough to deal with it than they are. And therefore teams are just picking us off. Yeah. 
I want to kind of piggyback before we go on to the next topic about Kunde. Mm-hmm. I think I think Kunde's had some exceptional games, and then he's had some shite games like last night, you know. And obviously, when you're the defender and when you have a bad game and you let goals, like it's you know obviously it punctuates to that performance, right? But I think it also comes back to the idea of we still don't have the true center back pairing, right? We're still rotating between the three of them. And, and I personally think like, if I were like, let's say a consultant coming into the team, I would just focus on the defensive back line to shore that up. Because I think if we don't concede as many goals, we're in the match longer. Right. I just heard a a great quote from, or a great stat from uh, the Spanish football podcast today, where they said, I think it's only three matches this season where we've had the lead past 70 minutes like everything else has always been come back behind and that to me is just like that's the issue right like the first 10 minutes we just look as though we're not prepared we're not situated or we don't understand the tactics going on because how many times is it all of a sudden the first counter and the other team is scoring so I think if I had to pick any of the things that could be the easiest maybe to fix I think maybe the defense it just maybe not pressing that that line so high, you know, and yeah. just having to everything in front and using that. Because the other thing, too, you know, when I think of Barcelona's high line suffocating defense, it wasn't only the defensive line that was pushing, but it was also the midfield coming from behind and pushing that as well. Right. And I feel like yeah. that's also lacking as well. So is there any other things that you see defensively with this team that could like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, we've no, this is the same thing we're seeing, not just from the classic, but, you know, week in and week out. Not specifically on that. I want to pick up on something you said, though, and this is about to go potentially very, uh, very wanky very quickly, right? But you you said that if I was a consultant coming in, I would start with the defence. So obviously everyone in the WhatsApp group vaguely knows what I do, but for those who don't, I work in business transformational change. So exactly kind of what you would do, but in in different organisations in a football team. And this is something that in my job I have to deal with all the time, right? Which is if we... (laughs) I don't even know how well it's going to come across, but let's go with it. If we look go at the football ahead. team being like being like being like uh, the the IT infrastructure of a business, you could argue that your defense is your data and your security. The midfield is your is your software, and then the the the, the strikers are the the fancy shiny business applications, right? Which is what I what I deliver. I I often get asked, I want to you know what should we focus on, or get told I want to focus on this, and I always start with the same thing, and I bring people back in business, and I say forget what you want to start with or finish with. Who are you? What do you want to do? Very big, very grand, very cheesy business speak, right? But what what are you trying to achieve here? And it's never about the thing. So I work primarily with banks and insurance companies, and it's never about the application. It's about make more, spend less, improve customer experience, whatever that is. So if, if I take your, if I was a consultant example and work that backwards, I think before we start addressing what we should do with the defense or defenders, the first question that we need to ask if you're going in and speaking to Chaffee is what do you want this team to be? Who are you? Who do you want this team to be? What is your vision for this team? Because I think if you, if you kind of pause the game at any one moment in time and said to someone walk in the room, what do you think this club stands for? If you did that every five minutes with a different person, you you ended up with, what's that? 45 different answers. Yeah, that's not right. We'll look, we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, and and I th- and I think that's one of the big problems that that we have is that we can't start addressing issues until we know what the club is actually meant to be right now. And so, I don't want it to become a, a series of me going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But that's my biggest issue with the club right now is get the defense to do what. Yeah, 
be, I mean, be, be more attacking and hope it forces the team up the pitch, be more conservative and bring them back. I, I... Sure. And I think also if you ask Xavi that question, I think he would say, you know, I want to be like Cruyff, you know, as he's been trying to say, you know, Cruyff style. You... I mean, that's what he's saying. Mm, but, but again, I know, I know, but I think, I think it's twofold to say those answers, just like he, as he asked for forgiveness, right. Last night to the fan base, mm -hmm. it's this idea of, you know, I'm trying to implement this style and it's really, I'm doing the best I can, but also it's, it's also the players that are, are fulfilling the contract mm -hmm. because the other, you know, the, the thing last night in the, in the post-conference is he keeps bringing this idea of we're not at the attitude or standards that we should be to implement this Cruyff style is what he keeps trying to push, you know? And like, is last night really the, like, is the outcome because we didn't have effort or 10% more effort, or is it really just the plan and lack of tactical thing? Because again, Ancelotti like knows what we're going to do. And he baited us and he put Vinicius mm -hmm. through the middle where we thought Arahu was going to be guarding him on the right, you know? And that's just a simple wrinkle. Like it's not even, <laughs> it's not, it's not even yeah. like, you know, like this wrinkle that was like, Oh my God, but it was just a small wrinkle and we still didn't know how to adapt to it. Yeah. And, and if you listen to Vinicius, that that was their game plan since when are we now? What day is it? So it was Sunday. Yesterday. Since Thursday, I think he was yeah, saying yeah. that was their, that was their plan. It's not, it wasn't, it wasn't a tactical adjustment to what they saw us line up or anything like that. It was just obvious. So I, I don't think, I mean, I'm saying I don't think it's effort. No one particularly stood out to me as if they weren't trying. I just don't know what they were trying to do. Do exactly. That's, and that's the thing is, you know, when I, when I think of, you know, always professional sports, you know, you always think of these things of, you know, the start of a match, um, not conceding so many early goals, um, everyone being on the same page tactically, like knowing what we're doing, you know, especially with like, okay, so you want to use a high line, but like everyone has to be on the same page. Like we can't dart left and right. And we continue to do that. And again, I, I just, I'm just still baffled by Chavi's coaching or maybe lack of like, he's, I don't know what else we can do because the thing is like, we come on and we want to see better football or just more fundamentally sound, you know, and it just seems like we can't have any of it. It's like, you know, I would, I think I would be more happy, not happy, but like I, I would be more accepting if we were doing three to four goal outputs. But the fact that we can't even get on that end and then conceding so many goals. And then on top of that, like we can't even like string four passes together. It's like all yeah. the mismatch that, you, that we've been talking about, you know, like we need to go in consulting. And again, I and he continues to deflect and say, you know, these type of uh, phrases of like it's it's attitude, it's. Uh, mentality it's preparation like you're part of that preparation like as a coach yeah i mean it's it, it feels to me it feels to me a very risky tactic that because yeah. fundamentally if if the players are suffering from an attitude problem you can't change 21 players yeah, yeah of course of course and so it has to be the manager and i think chavi's been around football long enough to to know that and i just wonder and I, and I hope I'm not derailing you into a topic that you wanted to discuss later on. But do you remember? Do you remember when Pep left and he said a phrase, and it was something like, "I need to go now before we start hurting each other." Mm. I kind of I wonder if we're at the stage which have it's been three years. He's an inexperienced coach. We know that. I will die on the hill that he was the manager we needed. Sure. And I'm I will on die the... on the hill that he's overachieved. Okay. I, but I'll... I do wonder if we're at the point now where it simply ran its course. We're three years 
comes in, he's surrounded himself with an incredibly, an incredibly um, reckless backroom team. Um, and so he's got no one that's really steering the ship for him or with him. Sorry. And the fact that they keep getting, I mean, we must have, we must have someone removed from our bench every game. Yeah. 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 And you know, you can, you, <laughs> you can ignore that if you like. I see it as a sign of a club that is just completely in turmoil at that level because that just should not happen. And so that's I just, a, that's a great point. Stage now. That's a it's great bizarre. point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's amateur hour. You know, it's just like it, yelling. It, it, it really totally is. is. It's Sunday league stuff. And it's a sign of, you know, and, and I hate to say this because of, of, of the fact it's our biggest rival, but I can't help but respect Ancelotti. And there is no way that happens on his watch to that level. It does sure. not happen. That that player, no, that sorry, that, that person would no longer work for Real Madrid. One of my colleagues messaged me last night and in and amongst him laughing at me, one <laughs> of the things he said was, he basically said to me that, you know, An Ancelotti has done a number on Xavi. And I said, I said, I agree. Uh, and he said, he said something along the lines of he's the best coach in the world. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure I would say that. I said, but what he is, he's a, to use the Spanishism, he's a mister. He's not a, he's not a sure. manager. He's not a trainer. He's sure. a full on manager. And we don't have that. And I just think, I just think we're at a point now where whilst I don't believe it will happen unless two things happen. Number one, unless we lose to you, uh, to you, Completely forgot the team that were playing in Unionistas. the Unionistas. See. Yeah, unless we lose to Unionistas and or uh, Napoli, I think if we if we lose one or both of them, um, I think we he he could go. But I just think times run out for everyone, and like like some great relationships end eventually. I think this is where we are with this one. Yeah, I mean that, that's a great point about the the um, the bench and just like there's always someone getting ejected all the time, and it's. It's always kind of just pushing the blame on refs. Like, for example, you know, yesterday, because I was listening to the or watching the press conference today, and he was just talking about the Arahu penalty that he thought wasn't a penalty. Oh, and, that annoyed and, me so and, much. Correct. But also just blaming the idea of that because it was called a penalty, the players couldn't perform. So therefore, it was the referee's fault for the lack of performance for Barcelona and that idea, right? And like to me, that's like that's the wrong type of uh, I don't know the wrong type of attitude you want to put because, you know, for what Ancelotti did with putting Vinicius going up to the middle, it caused so much havoc, right? And also, you know, in that idea of Arahu, I mean, you can call it soft and you can call it whatever, but at the same time, from the perspective of the referee, call it a foul and that's it. You know, we're we're so fundamentally bad on defense and that we have these issues, you that's know. It. So and, yeah, and soft penalties are penalties, and, and yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is where, where we are, and, and this is why I'm saying the Benitez comparisons when he was at Madrid, which is I'm just bored of listening to Xavi complain. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you look, look at it yesterday. The, the penalty decision killed us. No, it never. The penalty may have, but the penalty decision did not because it was a penalty. You know, the, the, sent, the sending off, it was a second yellow card. Like, in isolation, that gets given as a yellow card. Nine times out of ten, like... We can debate it like we can with every every decision, but it, it's it's one that a referee has every right to make. And you know, this might not be popular, but we we have not been on the end of many bad decisions this season. Yeah, and yet we've had Xavi blame refs every other week, and 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 it's bizarre. We've had grass, we've had sun, we've had physicality. <laughs> fair enough, because that first game was horrible. Sure. But it seems like everything has something that we have to come back to. And my friend Ian has an amazing saying. He says you can either be a thermostat or a thermometer. Oh, you can I either like set you can either set the temperature of a room, or you can just transmit what everyone else is giving you. And Chavi is becoming that really 
cold, horrible thermostat where everything is negative. Yeah. Everything's everything's against us, but it's not even Mourinho-esque kind of batten down the hatches, let's go all, all in together because there's no rallying cry at the end of it. It's just, this is grim, no one likes us. And so, yeah. Whereas if it was, this is grim, no one likes us, so we're going to go and show them, I wouldn't like it, but I can understand it from a psychological yeah. perspective. And and it's just a strange one. And 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 I've I'm late to the I'm late to the Chavi out party just because I think financially it was incredibly yeah. difficult yeah, yeah, for yeah. us and still is. But I just think there's now no other option. And we're now just the egg time has turned now. We'll just see how long it takes. Yeah, I th- I personally think he's gonna make it till the end of the season. I just think financially in that way, because we you know, I, I there's no really great options out there. I mean, we can't afford anything else. I mean, we're no, telling you no one, there's no Ra- one explaining Ra- it. Exactly. I mean, you're telling me that Rafa Marquez is gonna come from Barca B. I mean, come on, like seriously, we're gonna go through the same type of emotions, you know? And you can yeah. say, yeah, Barca B may be a better competition than when Xavi coached, but at the same time, Rafa Marquez still has is still green you know what i'm saying like he hasn't been proved he hasn't proven anything yet you know um it's just it's just really frustrating because i can't think of a season being a barcelona fan of a team like this where i just feel so disconnected and i don't have anyone i can just latch on and say oh my god this is the player i want to see tonight i'm regardless of what the outcome is this player really excites me and it's it's very strange. I've never had this feeling with Barcelona ever. You know, I mean, I mean, just go back to all the times. There's always been someone I can hang my hat on. I was like, I'm I'm excited to see this player, blah blah. blah. And now, mm-hmm. just look with the team. You know, with with Lewandowski's uh, terrible performances, uh, the attack just not having, you know, the vibrancy or the the improvisation that they used to have of to like having fun and trying to score goal on top of goal on goal, like. We can't even score one, you know, and mm-hmm. and on top of that, the brilliant midfield passing we were known for, we can't even string three passes together now. We are just going side to side backwards and nothing else and never taking chances. And I don't, and- you know, like Remy just put something into the into the um, into the group that I said, like, you know, of separating Xavi as a player to the manager. And I'm still mm-hmm. having a hard time with this right now because maybe because it hasn't been that long since he's left the club as a player, you know, and you're just like. How can he not see what's going on with the team and just make slight adjustments? It's just really, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I just, you know, we talk it's, about this all the time and it's just, it's just, I don't want to say frustrating, but at the same time, it's just, we just want more and we know we have good it, players and that's the thing, you know? It's understandable though, right? And this is, this is what's the, what's the enigma really, isn't it? Is you mentioned there about not feeling kind of connected. And I think like the vast majority in, in our, um, in our group probably have no first line connection to football club Barcelona. I'm sure most of us are in that, are in that boat. Sure. We're not a, we're not a second generation fan. And there's something that brought us to this club, whether that be the city, like it was myself. I always say the city came before the football. Some people, it will be a player um, for Carlos. It will probably be a Brazilian somewhere. Um, but, you know, jokes aside, I think, you know, we've all got a reason why we support this club. If I was coming green to football right now, knowing nothing about any of the teams, et cetera. And I watch this club. I don't think I would, un- I don't think I would want to follow them. No. Now that's not going to make me change my opinion on my fandom. Now, of course it's not. I just mean, there's nothing to hang your hat on. Sure. But for me, that's not about, it's not about, you mentioned there about our style that we're known for. And I know you weren't going there. So I'm, ju- I'm just using it as a hook to my next point. It's not even as if I'm pining for the days of a particular style, because 
my opinion on football is very simple really is i watch to be entertained and there's a million ways of playing entertaining football pep style and klopp style are equally valid even to an extent Mourinho style sometimes it can be funny at times but i think you know there's there's lots of ways of making football fun it doesn't have to be one it doesn't have to be one way but i couldn't tell you right now what we're doing i couldn't tell you what we're trying to be game by game half by half it seems to change but it doesn't change with any real clear direction and so that's where i am and it, and it's i'm finding it incredibly easy to be slightly apathetic this season in the sense of I'm not getting particularly low with any of the lows. Yeah. And there hasn't been any highs really to get to. So I just feel like I've had a season of four and a half out of ten. Yeah. And and there isn't enough there isn't enough capacity to kind of just go through life like that when you're a club that is so reliant on getting eyes on your team, people through the gate, new sponsors. There's talk of Puma putting up this historic um, yeah. kit sponsorship deal. And if I'm if I'm looking at that commercially, I'm thinking, why? Well, Unless you know something's changing, and and this, but this is the risk that the club's gambling with now is that for the same reason that we had all the arguments about whether we should play kids last season, for the same reason we're talking about what managers we can and can't get, the bottom line right now is the bottom line, right yeah, now, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 that's precisely the quandary that we have, and the club need to be very careful that they don't drive that apathy towards the bulk of where the money comes from for this club, which is the which is the remote, the virtual fan base who will spend money in order to feel close to the club. And I think we're very fortunate that we've managed to land Vitor Roque because I think he could be he could be the person that you hang your hat on. Um, I understand why he didn't play yesterday because that's not that's not the classical debut you want to give your future face of the franchise to borrow a phrase from your neck of the woods. <laughs> but I think the club are the club are dicing with a very with a very dangerous position here because it's not even a guarantee that we make the Champions League on this form. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean. You know they're playing in Salamanca this week, and it's you're here in Madrid. You know how cold it is mm-hmm. here in Salamanca. It's even colder. Playing mm-hmm. on a on a terrible pitch again. I don't have like being knocked out of the Copa del Rey would not surprise me this weekend. You know, and especially just how teams are going after Barcelona like never before. You know, did like, you see that tweet? Yeah, of course, of course. I don't think I don't think <laughs> that fully banter. <laughs> If, if, you're, if you're their manager, you're saying to them, surely this is the this is the biggest chance in your life to get correct. a result against the club. Correct, correct. And no one's going to care 20 years from now because it'll just be Barcelona, you know? It doesn't matter if it was a shit Barcelona or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, well, exactly. for those of you who didn't – I think it was um, – uh, in the two, Yeah, yeah. It just said believe, right? And then and we believe. Mm-hmm. And so this idea, again, like to me, I, I – I wouldn't be surprised we get knocked out of the Copa del Rey. We get knocked out of the Champions League. Like, those are things. But, again, financially, I just see Chavi staying for the end of the season. I just don't think we would – I mean, what, who are we going to get? Kiki Setien? Like, what are we going to What are we gonna do midseason? Like, we can't get anybody. Like, what? <laughs> like there's no – there's no – you know, so we're stuck with Chavi. And, you know, and the, and the other thing, too, is, you know, I just want to finish off this with, like, just the mentality of the team. So do you think – do you honestly think that the team is so mentally weak as as maybe Chavi's portraying and and what you're kind of watching, uh, you know, as as I am a doctor in body language uh, detection in sports, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I don't think it's completely mentally ill. I just I just think, you know, it it just reminds me all the time of the players aren't fully aware of what Chavi wants, and I don't know if that is directly because of communication issues or what is going on but it just feels you know whenever they're playing out there they're not playing completely free of knowing what the game plan is it's always kind of like 
two steps forward, one step back. I don't know if I should come back here and this type of thing, but let's go back to the mental issue because we have a question from Bawak from our group. And he's like, I think the problem is with the bad results and now embarrassing roles that has affected the player's emotional status. So do you think there's any credence to that? Are you, are you kind of uh, seeing that from the team? Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I still think, you know, there's a world-class player still like Lewandowski. And that's, that to me is like how I just don't see yeah, that I don't, as much, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, okay. I think I think it's a valid I think it's a valid question. That sounded incredibly dismissive there, and I don't mean it like that. I just I'm just saying for me for me that's not it. And the reason is precisely the things that you just said there, which is these are players that have won everything. Yeah, some of them, and so you, you don't develop you don't develop that overnight. What I do think though is, and we can put ourselves in that situation when things are going bad, you have to root yourself back to something. And I just. I'm kind of bringing it back to the style point a little bit, but I think it's because that's where the root of our problems, which is what when things go bad, what are they rooting themselves back to? And again, it's there's many ways to skin a cat here. If you look at Ange Postacoglu right now, who I miss, I miss dearly from his select days, and I genuinely think he will manage Barcelona one day. When things are going bad for his team, they can root themselves to a style of football because he's absolutely adamant that that's the way they play. If that means that their centre halves will give a goal away because they passed the ball square, he doesn't care. The goalkeeper will ping it to a striker and they concede he doesn't care because they can root themselves back. And that's why they keep getting late goals. If you're Klopp, it's the same. Klopp's teams root themselves back to the fact that they just don't stop going. We're 1-0 down in the 99th minute. doesn't matter if there's another minute left to play. We'll try and get something. And they root themselves back that hard work will solve their problems. And all of the great teams and the great managers have had something you can root themselves back to, even if, like Mourinho, as I always say, you don't like it. You can still root yourself back to something. And a lot of these players have played in great teams with great managers who would have had some level of style. Lewandowski is a great example. Someone put it in the WhatsApp group, and apologies, I can't remember what it said. Lewandowski scoring from outside the box. Why is he there? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a good thing. No, you know, no, no. The goal wasn't. No, and, and, and I think, you've, you know, if you look at the way that sometimes De Jong seems to be everywhere, that's not a good thing inherently. Yeah. Because that's often not the position he's playing. The defensive line that you're saying there, you know, we've got players who don't, they're, they're not stepping up at the same time. It's because there isn't, there isn't anything dragging them to this. Are we a team that comes from behind? Sometimes we've been behind a lot. We've come back. But would you say that's a characteristic of ours? I wouldn't. Are we no. a team that attacks from the front? Sometimes, would you say it's a characteristic right now? I wouldn't. Are we a team that plays a high line? Sometimes, would you say it's a characteristic? I wouldn't. Are we a team that attacks down the flanks? Sometimes, would you say it's a characteristic? I wouldn't. And I could I go wouldn't. on, and I could go on, <laughs> and I could go on. And that. So I don't think it's about mental fragility. I think they're just a team who right now is lost. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. I mean, we're just, like, the thing is, this is this is the toughest thing is when you're you're grasping at straws when your team is not elite, right? And you're just like, is it this? Is it that? And this? And we're just like we're just trying to figure this out, right? And there's just like no, there's no magic pill for this thing. Like it's not just one thing. Like it's not like we need a goalkeeper, you know? Like and that's going to solve our problems. It, it has nothing. It's like so many issues with this team. And and again, I love that because like Lewandowski scores like a really great goal from the outside the box, but it's like, dude, like. Be on the front line. You're not supposed to be in the back trying yeah. to play make. Like that's 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 the that's, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. So and and, and and I think it's to, to to your point. I think it's I think it's it's hit terminal velocity now. I don't think you can yeah. pull it back. I mean, you know, I seen a quote in the WhatsApp group that said we should get a defensive coach. And now two things I would say. And number one, I don't think they really exist per se. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't think you're going to get. But the, the second thing is, what what good would it do? The only the only thing that I could see making any sense 
would be something that is actually disrespectful to a club legend. And that is you effectively bring someone in as a proxy manager and Xavi becomes effectively a, a, a stooge. I, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, going yeah back I know to, what you mean. Yeah, oh, yeah. 97-ish when Liverpool did it with Roy Evans and Gerard Houllier. Mm. Might have even been earlier than that. Roy Evans, a Liverpool legend manager. You brought Gerard Houllier as co-managers. And it was one of the most disrespectful things I've seen. It, the only thing I can see fixing this short term is something like that. Number one, it's disrespectful. Number two, we don't have the cash to bring someone decent yeah. in anyway. So I just think we've hit terminal velocity and now it's about it's about putting the car in limp mode and driving it back to the garage, I think, this season. And we'll see where we go with it. But um, it's it's a shame. that the, yeah. the, the, the only thing I can really feel about this all is just a massive shame. But I still think, and I, and I would be bad if I didn't end my kind of, I hope it's not a rant, but it feels like a little bit against Xavi to say that fundamentally, I think history will judge him as someone that's, uh, that, that, that um, overachieved all things considered tight with his time at Barca, but it needs to end quickly for everyone's sake. Yeah. I mean, I think that's ultimately what's going to be is that he overachieved because again, you know, as we saw in March of 2023, which feels like a lifetime ago where we did beat Real Madrid, mm -hmm. you know, and that just seems like a lifetime ago. But since then mm -hmm. uh, we have not been able to find the momentum, you know, for example, on Thursday, we want to nothing, but it was like the hardest fought to nothing that we've ever had in our lives. You know, it didn't mm -hmm. feel good. It didn't feel as though we had so many chances to to counter. And also, like, there was obviously controversy in the Osasuna match, you know, with this idea. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just it's just topsy turvy. I really hope I think my wish right now as we speak, I just really hope to see I don't I'm not saying I don't want to put pressure on Victor Roque, but I just want to see something. I just need some some spark, you know, because I don't see it from Ferran, I don't see it from Lewandowski, and I don't see it from Rafinha. It, those players aren't aren't giving me the the chills no, of, of an, an attacking football, you know, as I as I desire to see. And so, um, yeah. I just I just hope that you know uh, we can go through this week to the Copa del Rey because I think that is important for us to have success and to kind of continue through these tournaments. But you know, the other thing that's that's really important, Craig, is that you know, Champions League for next season is not guaranteed as, as we stand right now. And that is really one of the things that is looming over this. You know, there's a lot of things, uh, as we say right now, like to try to beat Napoli, but also just as important is finishing in top four. And mm -hmm. we are like right there. On the, I mean, I could see like the way we finished this season last year. Like if we go on a five, you know, non-win streak, you know what I'm saying? And that can really, really affect us in the long term. So there's a lot of different things and we desperately need Champions League next year. There's no there's mm -hmm. no answer that's what's about it. So um okay, I think I think we've kind of I mean, you know, right now uh just really kind of quickly the way Real Madrid are just kind of flowing with the youth that they have, the the way that they're playing is something to behold right now because I'm not I've you know, obviously I'm never a fan of Madrid, but there are players on Madrid right now where I watch. And I'm just like, obviously Bellingham I like, but also just Kamavinga and Chamoni. Like I love the French engine, you know, of of yeah. midfielders. Like there's just something that I always respected, you know, going back to the 90s with the French team. Just those players, man, they just – and then maybe it's something because as a player myself, I was never known as a runner like that. But the way they can just go up and down the – the pitch yep. is insane and something like we don't, I mean, Frankie, I would say is definitely a player like that, but 
to me, it's in a different class of Choni and Kamavinga. When I see those players go up and down, it's just like, oh, and then coming at you, uh, it's just like another thing. So Real Madrid are yeah. definitely rolling right now. It's their turn right now. Uh, but That's it. it. Yeah, and you know how it is. We'll, we'll come again. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, being a fan of, of you know, professional sports teams, you know, you have highs of highs and lows and lows, and everything's cyclical. So, you know, that's just that's how it. it is. All right, let's finish off really quick. A quick uh, FCB Femini update. Uh, they want, I mean, they're the they're the pride and joy right now. <laughs> Barca, so they want they want six nothing going away with a with a B team over the weekend. The Copa del Reina. They they have advanced down to the. Uh, quarterfinals, so that is great. Um, they also have Champions League and Supercopa against Real Madrid. I hope they put a paliza to, to Madrid on that. And then going on right now is the best awards um, in London, in your old neck of the woods in the UK. Um, obviously, uh, this is for the calendar year of 2023, so Messi might not win the best because obviously the World Cup is considered 2022 for that. So, yeah. uh, But I, obviously the big winner is probably, you know, obviously going to be Aitana Bomati who's probably going to win the award again yeah. for the best uh, women's player because she's the best. And I don't know if you have any other last things for us about Barca this weekend. I mean, this weekend is tricky, man. I mean, it's Copa del Rey, and then we swing against Betis, and then, again, Champions League is looming in the horizon. So, and, and you know, it with the amount stop, of in- – I know, it doesn't – it does not stop. I mean, the good thing is we had a break during during Christmas, you know, so the players could get ready, but – Man, it's just, it's just, it's crazy how how the schedule stacks up, especially in February. Like the middle of February, yeah. like it's just nonstop. It's just completely nonstop. Um, where are you where where are you going to be watching the match this this week on Thursday? Going to be, but based on current form, yeah, through my fingers, hoping <laughs> for the best. Um, no, I know, I, I I genuinely, uh, I I genuinely not sure. Um, I had all the best intentions of uh, of doing lots and lots of things, and then work is just very busy. But I did manage to get to a yeah. Tell uh, us about that. Tell uh, us un- about that. Union Adave game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if if Chavi's not careful, you might find that I get a, <laughs> a cheeky Bosnum transfer to a Dave talk. Um, but it was it, it was it was really fun. It was um, one of the things. Without turning this into the into the Craig podcast, one of the things that most excited me about being able to move to Spain for work was that Spanish football will become my football, was the way I tried to explain it to people. And instead of just being the weird one at work that likes a different league, and as if I'm just trying to be contrarian in some way, um, I could feel like I had a bit of ownership of it. Um, And for me, it wasn't about getting around the big stadiums and stuff like that. It was about going and seeing real Spanish football. Um, And so to go and watch Adave versus Badajoz, obviously a... a, a big yeah, let me let me let me ask you this because there was a little bit mm. of an issue at the end of the match with Barajos. I don't know if you saw what happened at the end. If you stayed long oh, enough, it kicked off. It, it it kicked off throughout the no no, it no. Kicked off throughout the game with Barajos and their fans. There, there was the the there was a lot of there was a, I, I I left so I didn't see anything okay. truly happen. But, but there what there was a lot of um, there was a lot of anger towards their manager. There was a lot of anger yeah. towards. Um, the, the the general performance there was a lot of needle in the in the game yeah, yeah. again if we look at we're talking about the the anger in our bench a lot of a lot of elbows left in it felt very Scottish if I'm if I'm being honest in the sense of it was there was a lot of there was a lot of bad tackles and um I think you could easily be forgiven if you're a club as big in relative terms of bad or hot to thinking that's a little bit beneath you going and playing on a municipal 3G pitch and having to resort to tactics like that and then still getting beat um but it was really fun and I think 
I know Victor's a big fan when he went to to the UK and went to <laughs> went to see York City and stuff like that. But I think for anyone that's traveling um, to, to to different countries, I would say yes, pick your pick your big games, but go and see some real football as well because it's there's something how, there's something real about it. And I'm trying to think of a better word, but I think it's very easy to think the soul of football is going at the top level. Um, I think um, I, I think I that's look, a good way. It's tangible, soulful. You're like right there on the pitch. It matters. You can feel it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you if for you sure. go and, if you go and play badly, you might not have a team next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that means you might not have an income next year. And so I looked at tickets for Alcorcon, and they were fifty euros. Yeah. And like, I'm not paying that. And then it, the Adave game cost me nothing. I mean, if anyone from Adave is listening, I'm sure you were meant to have someone on the gate, and they went for a <laughs> beer or something. But so don't fire them. I say fire them. Probably a volunteer. Yeah. No, 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 it, it, it was really, it, 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 it was really fun. And I think it, uh, it's probably what I needed this weekend, just to show me that you know what, I can still go and enjoy football and not just have it annoy me. Sure, sure. The what happened is um at the end of the match essentially so Badajoz is struggling right for relegation right now they've mm-hmm. I think they've lost like six in a row or something like that um, yeah. they're they're in really bad form and what happened is the fans of Badajoz uh they started screaming at the end of the match to the team the team came and confronted them in the stands and the captain and the, like the main player uh was telling them you know like we're trying our best and then the one player is like I have so much anxiety, like trying to like plead with them. Like I can't even sleep and I'm trying my best out here. And the Badajoz fans were like not having it. So it was this idea of like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should definitely, I'll send you a a video from it. But uh, it's funny because I saw it on um, the sports show today. And when they showed the picture of the field, I was like, is that the, the match that Craig went to? Because the you know the the picture you shared with us had <laughs> yeah, the four yeah, yeah. towers. It was really cool. It had the four towers in the background, and it, I was like, yeah. did he go to Badajoz? And and then so like I I was gonna make a point to ask you about that. I didn't so, yeah, realize so, it was yeah yeah it, it was bizarre though. Like it shows you you know when you go down the leagues and stuff, and and you know I've seen it in Scotland and England as well. But you know you've got you've got these teams basically fighting for their careers, and then just just over the other side of the pitch is like. A mother and her daughter playing paddle, and you're like, "Oh, this is incredible!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've, they've paid five euros an hour to go and knock a ball around. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, well, you know, obviously, when you make the move uh, permanently and stuff, we, we can definitely go check out some games. I'm down for that. Amazing. I mean, uh, I can, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, thanks for joining me. As always, as I said, uh, next match is Thursday night, uh, Copa del Rey, and then Sunday night at Betis. Uh, so. We'll have an episode next week. I think Remy will be recording that. And until next time, Forza Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.